Welcome to Glass Onion Minute. I'm your host, Adil Kurji, and this week I'm joined by Niall McGowan. Yeah, hello once again. And we are on Minute 13? 13? So that's... 14? 14, right? Is it? 14? <laughs> oh, yeah. 11, 12, 13, 14. Yeah, I think so. Yes, let's try that. We are on Minute 14, um, which is 1300 to 1359. <laughs> I did the classic thing about, which is embarrassing as a logician and someone who teaches math, mm. um, of forgetting how uh, the boundaries of the natural numbers really work. Oh. Well, that's not even the natural numbers. I'm going to stop rambling. Okay. <laughs> Let's do a quick run over. Um, we are in the middle of a conversation in the bath with Benoit and um, his friends on Zoom. He's been describing in the previous minute what he needs, He and he opens with... What I need, you know, is a great case. And then that line of thought is sort of interrupted by um, Philip um, saying that someone's at the door and they have a box. And we have a lovely cut into him being very intrigued. And then, of course, we get the title card, which is a lovely, um, very, oops, very hand-drawn 70s style yellow um, sort of an artistic script glass onion on a helicopter shot of the water that leaves us um, at a dock in front of some picaresque sort of Mediterranean-ish town Um, and Benoit is then seen sitting on a suitcase waiting for checking the time Uh, and then we get a series of arrivals uh, a lovely silhouette shot uh, and then uh, a very methodical drop of a uh, bag. Um, uh, and then we get a pull-up from a taxi and a mask half on and something, and a TED Talk, Catherine Hahn's character, um, you know, being a lot more overcome. Uh, and then we have um, a tuk-tuk sort of arriving um, with Birdie having the time of her life saying hello, basically. Yeah. Um, and that's the minute. Yeah, yeah. Governor! Hi, you genius! Uh, what did you make of this minute? Uh, Adil, uh, you're always asking me <laughs> what I think of the minute. Oh, what, what do you think you, of this minute? You've cunningly um, preempted me. I like it. <laughs> um, I like it a lot. I mean, I like. I mean, sucker for a good title card shot. Um, I think the fact that we get the end of that. Um, clear glimpse into how Benoit works mm. with like he, what he needs is a big case right so calling back to the previous minute it's like puzzles don't do right any danger the hunt the challenge what, what I need is a minute starts big case um, and then having that followed up by the someone's at the door and he's like oh and then they're with him with a box and he's and that's enough right it's like what a box mm. I'm intrigued you know like it's such a He's looking so hard for this. He was just talking about it that he's got all this intrigue, but actually, what's been left, what's been revealed, should could be the DHL, right? Yeah. <laughs> but like, if you think about what information's conveyed to him, yeah, are you expecting someone? So he knows it's not the delivery person, but it's someone with a box. It could just be not someone not in a outfit, right? Yeah. Uh, but he's just so wanting it that he's just like, yes, mm. please, oh god, yes, right? That's that shot, uh, that scene. And then we cut um, straight 
to the credits and he's out of place. Mm. I think I, I, I appreciate it. It's, um, so I think in other movies, they could have done a thing of him and like, cause we know the audience knows like as soon as they say, well, the box is there. That's, you know, exactly what it's going to be. And this is how he gets into the adventure. Uh, but I think another, like a modern movie thing would would be to like actually him go out and just be like, oh, it's your new laptop battery or something. And then to have a little like, oh, and then roll his eyes and then the door to knock again. And then that's when the box shows up, that kind of thing. Uh, but I'm thankful that they don't do that because I think that kind of thing's played out now. <laughs> like it was a big thing in the 2010s. But I, I think at this point, it's just like, just, just. Like, we all, we, we get the joke. It's just like, he's looking for the case, literally, then. It's just like, Blanc, there's a box here for you. And then, just, let's not, you know, uh, we'll cut through uh, the bull plot. And then just straight to the title. You know, it's, it, it, I love that, that it is a hard cut to just the title. Because it's just like, this is now, now everything's set up. Now, now we're rolling. We don't need any more uh, play setting. Here we are, kind of thing. So Yeah, it's like, I trust you, the audience, no, fill in the obvious blanks. But also... The, the fact that it cuts to the title card, right? Like you said, it, it's an indicator that, like, I am done table setting. Yeah, 100%. We aren't, there's no more, like, what are the nuances of scenario stuff going on? We are now in the scenario, right? Yeah. Setup is over, cut to title. Um, and then, obviously, that's reinforced by the fact that everyone's arriving at the same place. Mm. I, I love, too, that it's just the title. There's no, like, opening credits or anything. It's just, like, this is the new adventure. It started. Uh, you don't need to know who the the people are in it. You just need to know that this is it now. Like uh, the new chapter has begun. Um, well, I suppose we should talk as well, though, about the fact that like this was a big contentious thing uh, for Ryan Johnson in particular, where it just says you know Glass Onion, whereas of course on Netflix when they were advertising it, on, you know, on the posters, everything it was not Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery, and he took great like sort of. I don't want to say offense, but I think he was he was he was pissed about it because he's just like it's that's not the title, it's just called Glass. Yeah, Oak. like it's not, and he's I think he was like I get why they're doing it because you have to entice people back in, but it's clunky to have a knives out mystery. I think I'll be honest, I think if you're going to do it, you would at least have a Benoit Blanc mystery afterward. But I guess then they'd be like, well, people might know they just know Daniel Craig was in a movie, <laughs> they, they might not remember that, that that's who his character is. Um, but it isn't very much the same way. I was like. All the Poirot mysteries. They weren't called, like, you know, Poirot in Murder on the Orient Express. It was just called Murder on the Orient Express. And each one is supposed to be, like, that's the... You're supposed to be able to watch them separately. So it doesn't matter if you know the guy or not. It's not a continuing adventure. It's just this is the story. It just happens to have the same character in it. And uh, I'm I'm happy, though, you got the... the, At at least in these opening credits, you got to just go... You know why? Why advertises people as a knives out mystery? Now they're already in, so it's like fourteen minutes yeah. into the movie. I let me I'm call now, it what I want to call it and stuff. I'm now curious. Um, I don't know if I even checked what the current Netflix. Yeah, so the current Netflix poster is Glass Onion Knives Out Mystery. Uh, I was wondering if that had changed after the came. You know, after some time. I don't think I remember the other weird one too. Again with Netflix was. Um, the Irishman, because the original, uh, the working title of that was "I Hear You Paint Houses," and then you watch, you sit through that three and a half hour movie, and that you've only known as the Irishman, and then the title card comes up at the end saying "I, I Hear You Paint Houses," and you're like, 
ah, did someone... I don't know if I even noticed that. Yeah. Mm. So it was like the editor was just like, oh, thank God, it's over. And just like, I was like, I'm done. I've finished editing the movie and just forgot to take out the, replace the, the title card. Not that I would ever bad mouth the Irishman. I actually love that movie. But it was such an odd choice to be at the end. Like, here is the original title instead of the title that everybody knows it as. Like, it's, it's a, you know, I'm sure so, so Scorsese has his reasons for that. But um, it's a... Yeah, but it's just odd that it's happened twice with Netflix, where they're like... Oh, I don't think it's that odd, if I'm honest. (laughs) I mean, the Netflix has leaned further and further into, like, um, the sure thing, um, committee-based decision-making, etc., right? So, like, Mm. the sure thing is tell people... Something that's not confusing. Yeah. Because we don't trust people. They would actually call the sure thing John Cusack in the sure thing <laughs> to make sure that people knew that it was a John Cusack movie. Yeah, pretty much, right? <laughs> Enjoyed that's the pull you went. Is, does, does John have a certain place in your heart, or was that just uh, so, yeah, where your brain went? It might me. have to be very specific, like 80s and 90s era John Cusack in <laughs> the sure thing, because everybody loved him then. He was a, He was a sure thing. John Cusack back in the day, but yeah, since then he's been off uh, the last 20 years of Cusack's career. Have a, a bit sort of hit and miss. Yeah, but I mean, having said that, like, like you did when you first saw it, right? So I think it's just like that like hindsight, mm. when you know what a director can do and how those themes that they carry with them, their personal themes can be, yeah. then you see the previous versions and you're like, well, it could be better, I know, because I've seen it. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it's just gonna be, it's, it'll just be that pressure on them now. It's just like, well... Because like Knives Out, like he wrote, he wrote and directed a lot of episodes of Poker Face and Glass Onion. Is like they're all quite intricate mysteries, and it's like how long mm-hmm. can you keep that going? Because like, they're very involved, you know. <laughs> like it's yeah, it's uh, eventually you're gonna mess up and uh, something will come off stupid or lazy in the script because you're like I just can't keep doing this. Like it's it's just like you need to maybe go for more of a not low brow but low sort of. Uh, well, something that's not as involved, maybe in terms of like setting up mysteries and misdirects and you know twists and turns and things like that. Well, well one thing before we depart from uh, the bathtub with uh, Blanc is that mm. I, I do have to bring up um, the entire time I watched this scene. You know, at, at, at any given moment, I am always very curious about what angle he's got that camera facing. Because like, uh, do we think all the guys are getting like? There's a, a lot of Blanc's nipple and his face leaning, his face is way back leaning because he's like, just the angle he's at in the bathtub and the angle of the laptop is like, is it trained on his face or are they getting a lot of, a lot of his chest as well? It's, um, it's just something Oh, you mean like framing? Yeah, yeah. Just in terms of the, the Zoom call because. Uh, I mean, if I think about what's framed on my MacBook, uh, yeah, you're probably getting some nip. Yeah, yeah. The little, um. Yeah, I don't know if I if I'd be entirely comfortable someone talk, like talking to me on a Zoom while they're in the bathtub. I think I'd be a bit weirded out by it, but that's just me. Yeah, I think what I like about um, that is it it gives a sense of the, the closeness of these people. I think right, hmm. like I read that as they all they're all this close for whatever reason we don't know, right? Um, um, such that this isn't a big deal. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's um I don't know I just always have my like even with people I know very well have have boundaries set up and like talking to them in the bathtub be one I know certain people will, like talk to you when you're on the toilet and stuff and it's like 
Look, she'll shout in the door to you. And you're like, what are you doing? Leave me alone. <laughs> Come on, man. That's the, once, the, once the door is closed, that's a sanctuary. All right? Um, so, yeah, that might be my own personal hang-ups, but uh, I'm just putting it out there that that, that is a thing with me. <laughs> so... I'll I'll keep that in mind yeah. for for future episode recordings. So. <laughs> you going on going on athletic. your show and then just like you and your co-host are both in the bath. I'm like, oh my god, what what did I tell you? Yeah. What did I tell you? Tell you, Adele? Come on. Oh yeah, it, yeah. It's called tanked up because we uh, we we sit in fish tanks, oh. um, which is worse than the bathtub because the walls are see through. <laughs> but uh, it's hankering for that special guest Tom Hardy to talk about his scene in Venom of crawling into a fish tank. Oh. <laughs> so. Oh dear. Um, yeah. So I mean, I think uh, I will. I, I know I'm, I'm a sucker for dynamic shots, but uh, like you said, before we leave the bathtub, the like um, someone's at the door. They have a box part to to like track in, like the zoom into his face. You can really see that excitement. That like the challenge might be here, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, is so good and like the framing originally is again the side lighting but his he's holding the cigar just in, in just the right spot that the smoke is hitting the light beam and that stays within the background of the shot even as it's tucked in and it just i don't know it just it gives it a lot that like it's not just a cut to someone's face there's just like detail there that i think is um really smartly done mm. um and and it's those types of things that i really think uh make these films right it's like they're very very meticulous mm. for sure for sure yeah um yeah everything is definitely definitely well thought out well well planned um nothing done without purpose i think is the thing yeah yeah um i just, I just appreciate though in the the, the the big tracking shot and stuff too like the the sweeping score so it does lend itself to like an, an old-fashioned sort of like um I don't. Know if it, it, I guess it's ironic considering it's Daniel Craig, but um, it kind of almost reminded me of like, Bond. A, a, yeah, Bond. Like, a, a kind of vibes of like you only live twice and stuff, kind of coming off this thing. Like it was. Uh, it just has that kind of quality to it, and yeah, yeah, it is very, it is very Bond esque. Um, and but it's like you said, kind of ironically, very not Daniel Craig Bond, but like OG. Yeah, like old six Connery Moore ish sixties seventies Bond. Yeah, the, the old, yeah. old school romantic bond of like not your gritty uh wearing a hawaiian shirt and just getting into punch-ups bond <laughs> that the, the crazy yeah but also like a lot of those early bonds like the, the the exotic locale for lack of a better turn of phrase was like a big big deal mm, right mm. the fact that they went places and filmed and had you know crazy gadgets and gunfights and explosions mm. in these places a lot of the time where like it was some of it obviously is on the back lot afterwards but sometimes it's like in situ and you can see the background and it was like holy crap right yeah yeah uh it, it and this setting right is is like where where we end up in this scene right it's very reminiscent of that like oh you know we are not in new york where the mug's from right yeah yeah totally it's a, everyone has traveled somewhere um it's just such a i love that it's an immediate contrast to the first night the first knives out as well because that was obviously very kind of auto autumnal and very like in you know the kind of i want to say the suburbs but it was in sort of like a kind of gated community kind of setting you know it was like a very foresty and gray skies and stuff like that 
Um, and then this one is just like, okay, so we're going for a completely different color palette for the whole thing. It's going to be bright blue, yellow, the whole thing. It's very sun-kissed. It's very exotic and stuff in comparison. Then in Knives Out 3, you might just get them going like, it's set in a, a cabin in the snow. Like, and then it's a completely other, you know, this kind of um, color scheme we've got going on. Um, I, was, I, I always appreciate that when a director does make deliberate choices with their films to be like, okay, I'm so going to move completely in a completely separate visual direction than what was established mm. previously just for just for the variety i guess or for you know we'll get into maybe the themes or maybe just yeah, yeah a, 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 a whole bunch of things that they might be uh, attempting to get at through the making of the film you know like color grading and editing choices are towards the themes and like vibe and like that is a, like in tune with like for example we end the cut in uh, right we we then show that uh, we cut back to and it's like um, Benoit in this like salmon linen colored linen shirt, linen pants, um, kind of khaki um, and like looking at his watch, which is very like white face, brown leather that the, the tone of those things matches the sort of like you said, that yellowy, slightly orange wash that they've put on mm. the color grading. Um, and it's to have this sort of Mediterranean height of summer vibe. Uh, even the suitcase is the right color. It's like this tanny, orangey color that he's sitting on. Oh, yeah. And it kind of blends into the ground a bit, right? Mm-hmm. Even because it's all this like mustardy colored socks and everything as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, the, it's those things. And actually, if you think about the previous scenes, um, they were much more cold cut like this is very warm and like in north america all the scenes were like neutrally slightly cold especially um lionel's lab for example right yeah yeah totally very cold colored but even the like Nora efron kitchen was not warm it was the first time we've really seen warmish lighting slash coloring and it's like, oh, we're somewhere else. It, like, you just get that feeling from that. I think you're right. It's a really cool way of um, conveying that change mm. uh, and that distance, I guess, right? It's not just that this is obviously not America, but, like, we're tonally far away. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to uh, also mention again, though, with um, in terms of the music, because, uh, you know, again, Nathan Johnson, Ryan Johnson's brother, uh, coming in there doing a great job. I always support his work because um, I don't know if you remember the music to Brick, uh, but I remember like that was the thing that really struck me about that film was just, like how amazing the soundtrack was to it. So I'm always like I'm always harping on Nathan Johnson's like this guy's a real talent, man. Everyone should be like screw his brother, go go talk to this guy instead. Um, but there's also a moment uh, when um, I think when Leslie Odom Odom's pulling up. Uh, there's yeah, a, Lionel. Uh, there's a little. Um, it goes a little Danny Elfman Batman. There's kind of a little moment of. And I was really again maybe because I've you know had to look at those films minute by minute. But any time those notes are invoked, I'm like, wait, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. Uh, probably completely coincidental. Um, oh, you're you're talking about the like slightly chimey bits. 
no, 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 there's, I think it's in the um, in the strings. It just one woman just goes into that for like a little second. Oh yeah, I mean it goes into that while he's checking his watch. I think right. Yeah, it might be. It might but be. But then he yeah. checks his watch. It zooms out, and then you get this, which I think is such a simple but gorgeous scene. Right. This is at um, for those paying attention. This is at three. Uh, he like so we we've panned out and he's looking off the uh, after checking the watch he's just looking in one direction and then he like has a bit of a start because he sees something in the other direction at three thirty, um, and then at three thirty two to I think basically three thirty seven, it's this um, shot from far off of the the dock with which is it just being backlit so there's silhouettes so you just see the black like the the shape of the dock is black you've got benoit as a mostly silhouette and you see someone walk over and it's lionel's silhouette and and the the score sort of starts to pull a bit more chimey and then it cuts to him stop walking and we're now in the same sort of well-lit he's a person he drops his bag sort of meters away Mm. Um, and in that original silhouette shot it's broken up by a boat sort of loudly going by and that's where this that that like Foley is also where the score cuts away. I think that's a really neat sound move, right? Where we're like in this opening credits, whatever, Trill, Danny Elfman stuff. We're seeing this Benoit's now being joined by someone. And then it's like those silhouettes are sort of slightly over overtaken by this boat that happens to be driving by, but it's not quiet. And then now we're in the film. Mm. Yeah. And we've lost all of the score. Like it's like such a neat visual cue that like ben was meeting someone from early like some like this is starting um but also the wonderment of the place now being overtaken to we're now grounding ourselves back in reality i think it's a really neat visual audio pairing in a silhouette way that then cuts back to the regular way the the movie shot yeah 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 uh i do i love the um again be able to convey things without any dialogue but necessary but the kind of I love the vibe of like Lionel's approach in that you can you could interpret it as being like because of the they're masked up and it is a pandemic era film so it could be like keeping social distance but there is also this thing of like I'm going I have to go out to meet someone and then seeing a stranger sitting there and be like okay I don't want to talk to him right now so he keeps his distance and it's all sort of you know there's a not animosity but there's a kind of slight vibe of like discomfort between them and then when um when Catherine Hahn arrives it starts to gel a bit more because he knows he knows her so it's uh things are starting to sort of become a, a, a tad more at ease but at the same time you know Blanc couldn't look more shifty <laughs> because you know he's sitting there with sunglasses a hat and a mask on it really is is like a, a classic almost disguise he's wearing so um but yeah, yeah, I just I, just, I appreciate that just as a vibe when uh, when Lionel arrives, where he just has a kind of eh, just I'm just gonna hang back here for a little while, you know, just dumps his dumps his stuff on the floor to kind of to wait out and see what happens. Yeah, exactly. And again, that's the fact that he's been sitting on his suitcase that we don't realize until that moment is the nice touch mm. of like grounding him as the guy who's just at the dock first, right? Yeah, I guess it says a lot about Blanc as well, where like. How long has he been there? It could be the fact that he's first is another indication of like he is so desperate for this case that he got there like an hour in advance to make sure that he was on time. He didn't want to miss a goddamn thing. Um, 
this guy really chomping at the bit. He's just like, yeah, I'll just bring, you know, got there. All right, I'll just sit and wait, <laughs> wait for something to happen. Like I said uh, earlier, it's that that nuanced sort of light touch of very intricate planned detail. Mm. Um, and and also it shows. I think also the like, um, Lionel. It, it reaffirms. So remember uh, a couple minutes ago we were talking about how Lionel was in the lab, right? And like he seems to his like success is this lab and this research he's doing. He's a scientist, but he's ultimately it seems like he's alone in this dark room. There's no windows. He hasn't even turned the lights on, which he could because you can at any point. Like he's just sort of. He clearly is successful, everything looks polished, but he's solitary, and, and he walks up and he sees another person. They're both wearing masks. We, I don't know if we mentioned that, because um, it's COVID times, right? Um, and he just puts his bag down, sees the other person, puts his bag down, and immediately like looks at his phone. He's like just not interested in talking. Yeah. He's, he, he gives him, he, So he, he gets a sense of like either he's so used to being sort of in the corner in the lab or he like likes that solitariness. Yeah. He goes he gives him a little kind of head nod of like, all right, you know, okay. I, I see that you're there. Uh, and it's notably Blanc he gets up and starts like folding up his blazers if he's gonna go over and talk to him. So Lionel's kind of established like I'm I'm staying here. Hello, just looking at my phone. But again, Blanc is so desperate to get into things that he's just like, "Okay, I'll go and talk to you." Like, <laughs> yeah, he, he's going to instigate the conversation because finally he's got something to chew on. Um, yeah, yeah, it's all great and conveyed. Again, no dialogue. It's uh, it's 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 very well done. Um, but then yeah, you do get um, like a third party then shows up, and yeah, and it's this lovely. So I think what's neat about um, again the shot, right? So we see him drop does the nod Benoit like stands up to try and talk to him and he's just already on his phone and then he hears a car coming up and we get the shot of a, like a long shot down the pier right mm. and they both are like staring at this car that sort of comes in soft focus um, and it's a cab and uh, that's when we get Catherine Hahn coming out and she's like that classic I've got too many bags I just want to get out of the cab of like there's something in my mouth yeah uh, she's got a mask on but I think, she's, I think it's the change it looked like maybe a bill, right? But she and she's just like, kind of holding the bags all awkwardly, and then like sees not Lionel and calls out to him and starts walking, and then we immediately cut away from her. It's like this is such a. I think both of those entrances are so tied to the characters, right? Like Lionel's this methodical, happy to be take his own time, be in his own space, and she's just like, I'm trying to do too many things. I'm, you know, she's a mother running for her office. Yeah. And she's like, you know, always juggling things and literally now juggling things to the point where the, there's no time to put the change away or whatever's in her mouth. Yeah. Uh, and then, but, and she sees him and immediately was like connected to the person while he like barely acknowledged um, Benoit, right? Mm. It could, uh, again, maybe because I'm in uh, the pandemic mindset as well. My thing immediately went to, uh, maybe because Lionel's a bit more scientifically minded, that he's just like, okay, keep your distance, and you know, he's his mask is perfectly in place, and then uh, Catherine Hahn, and this was just a thing that was happening. You observed it in people all the time uh, during lockdown and during that this, that whole period, the, the, that two year period where it was really really bad. Um, that uh, she gets out, and then either she's going to hand this note to the cab driver, or this is the change that she's received back. But like. Someone hands you a note and you put it in 
despite the fact you've you've got the thing of like, oh yeah, I'm so wear, I'm supposed to wear this mask, I guess. And then she's put the bill in her mouth. I was like, what do you think the mask is for? Like, what? You, why would you put that near your? It's a guy's hat in his hand, and he's giving it to you. Don't put it near your face. What are you doing? It's probably like that's how the thing spreads. What, what are you doing, man? Um, but I love it as a character detail in that it says a lot about her, and you get a little bit more of it in the next minute as well, with just like the way her, the way she wears her mask, the way because Blanc's also got his very secure. Lionel's got his very secure, and then things go from bad to worse <laughs> in the next minute when we see uh, just about how people are wearing them and what it actually says about them, um, as you know, as 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 people maybe, and then uh, maybe that's maybe I'm being too judgmental, but for me, I think it's a very deliberate choice on Ryan Johnson's part to have the characters wear the face masks in certain ways. Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's being used very astutely to 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 reinforce what we've already learned about these characters, right? And so, like, yeah, it's crazy about like putting the thing in your mouth, but so many people were the like, uh, oh, I can't hear you, or you don't understand me. Pull it down the nose and then leave it there, right? The yeah. I'm wearing a mask, but it's not covering my nose, and that felt very much like a nod to. Boy, were people just not cognizant of the right way to wear, wear a mask? Oh, wear a mask, especially when they were trying to do something quickly, they would just throw the protection away in the, like, pulling it down. Yeah, yeah, it was 100%, yeah. Um, even the idea of getting a taxi in itself is that because Lionel's got himself there. Uh, but uh, And I, I suspect Benoit probably did too, right? Yeah, yeah, but the, but then to actually book a taxi, it was like, well, you're taking a calculated risk right there just even in doing that. And then it could also be just the scatterbrainness and the, the whole, you know, working, working while running for office just has a million things to do, didn't think about putting the bill in her mouth. And the potential consequences in this environment of what that might be, but it also could be that she's just like, I don't really buy into that. I don't really care. Like I'm just, you know, it, it, this is all an inconvenience to me to have to do all this business. So I'm not really going to alternate my lifestyle. I'm just going to keep rolling. I'll just put on this arbitrary mask, and whatever happens, happens, kind of thing. Um, whereas the whereas the other two, uh, the two guys there, are much more astutely uh, conscious of the whole of the whole thing. So, yeah. Um, hopefully it's not a gendered thing, just the thing of the characters. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't assume so, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so then we, we our last cutaway, right? So what I like is how little time it ta- is needed to um, establish that move with Catherine Hahn, right? Like, um, we just need to see her kind of arms full, mask down, and then calling out. And that's it. We cut away versus like, because of like the nature of her personality and what they're trying to convey and like reinforce, that's all we need. While for like Lionel, it's the walk and the silhouette. It's this acknowledging seeing the person, not even coming close, presumably social distancing, but also the nod. And then I'm on my phone and then I'm looking up at a car. Like you need those that space to be obvious. But with her, because the point is she doesn't have that control. Yeah. Um, we don't need a lot of time and then we cut so we can cut straight to like birdie arriving on in like what looks like a essentially a tuk tuk right mm. and th- there's no mask and she's like half in and half out and there's other people in the tuk tuk who are wearing masks right who are holding her bags mm. yeah we sorry we end we end the scene with we end the scene with her clearly in the tuk tuk with someone behind her holding the bag uh, and she doesn't have a mask and she's 
her legs flying out and her arms are spread. She's open. She's obviously not being careful. Like, uh, just a, even the positioning of her body is like, I don't care. Yeah. I will say uh, uh, more on um, on her appearance for the next minute because you get to really see. But she does have a mask. It's just that it might as well not be there. <laughs> like, it's, uh, it's, it's one of the details of the movie that I really, really love uh, what Birdie's wearing when she shows up. Um, but I think that becomes more relevant in the next minute, so I'll, I'll save it. I'll save it for then. Any other thoughts on the minute? No, no. That's me. I think that's me. No, that for uh, for minutes fourteen, <laughs> minute fourteen, thirteen, fourteen, minute three, minute four of our week. <laughs> uh, yes, I am also. Um, although uh, you're quite good at math, clearly, uh, Adil, I am terrible at math, so yeah, I couldn't. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm even mixed up on what episode we're on at the moment. That's us, I guess. I don't have anything else. I think. Um, yeah, except I, again, I, I just—it's a lovely sequence of the quick display and a reminder. Like, I, like we talked about how this—we roll the credits into the film, and now we're, we're no longer doing the setup. We're in the situation, and then to start with everyone coming together in the. F- and reminding us of like their basic form personality ap- approach via the like way they arrive and the fact that they're in COVID is such a smart, neat way of just like summing up. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those things that I was like, um, why, why would you set this movie during the pandemic? Like, what was? And then it's just like, well, it does convey a lot about the characters, <laughs> just and the way that they treat the pandemic, because um, like, particularly when you're in that mindset. Uh, having you know lived through it in very recent memory, it immediately strikes you about like okay, if you were at all anxious about that situation, seeing people doing certain things like like the way Birdie is riding the tuk tuk, um, is very like okay, I I get this character <laughs> just by what she, what she's got on, uh, but yeah yeah we'll get in all in, in, uh, into that in uh, in minute fifteen. First, thanks, Now, as always. Um, what, um, as always, meaning the previous two times <laughs> and this time and the one next, uh, why don't you give us uh, one of your patented plugs? Yeah, I'll, I'll go back this time, because now we're back in the uh, sunnier climb. Um, I'll go back and plug uh, my other show, uh, Miami Minutes, uh, which is a Ooh. breakdown of the film Miami Connection, uh, which is not actually set in Miami. <laughs> Uh, it's actually well, set in Orlando, so I'll get them. Uh, okay, at least it's at least in the same state. Um, but uh, yeah, other sun-kissed movie with a lot of beach scenes, uh, and uh, yeah, it's a terrible movie. It's a fantastic movie. It's a terribly fantastic movie, uh, and we uh, talk about all the kung fu biker ninjas and best friend orphan bands and all the crazy crap that's occurring in uh, Miami Connection, which I highly recommend you check out as a film by itself, even if you don't listen to the show. Um, But of course, listen to the show. Uh, But yeah, that's Miami Minutes, uh, and it's on all good podcatchers, and it is available. uh, You can get in touch with us through all forms of uh, social media as well. Great. And as speaking of social media, you can reach us at Glass Onion Min, all one word. And please rate, review, subscribe on your podcast of choice. You know how this works. That's how we get to go up the algos and be seen and etc. And if you want to skip the algos, um, please um, try and convince your friends to go all in on a um, what, you know what smoke writing. What is that thing called? 
Uh, well, now I'm thinking semaphore, but I meant, uh, you know, the plane writing in the sky. Skywriting. Skywriting, uh, there you uh, go. Uh, uh, at Glass on Min, uh, colon, and then your favorite episode so far. Yeah. Um, so that's us. Um, that's my recommendation, but really do mostly the other things. Uh, so I'll say goodbye for today and say we'll see you tomorrow. Uh, and thanks again, Niall, for guesting. And, um, yeah. yeah. Goodbye. Bye. That was a bit of a weird outro, but sorry, Darren. That's what it is.